your hymn book, stand to your feet. Brother Ken, come lead us together this morning. Amen. Page number 346 in the Red Song book. If you can find one this morning, page 346. I know my name is there. We'll do the first. We'll do, let's try to do all four verses this morning. Amen. Page number a big amen this morning. We're so glad to see you. Appreciate you coming out today. Several requests to give you just before I ask James to take us to the throne room. First of all, I know you've been praying for these two families, but continue to lift up Brother Doug's family, Doug Clark, and the passing of his brother. Services will be today. And then, of course, Sister Teresa Terry in the passing of her uh, stepfather. Uh, visitation and services are tomorrow. Sister Irma had a death in her family as well. Pray for that if you would. Brother John Wasoski continuing to recuperate from outpatient surgery. And then pray especially for Sister Debbie Clark, Doug's husband, uh, Doug's wife. Uh, she goes tomorrow uh, to get the results of the cancer scan. And we're going to pray first of all that uh, there is no more cancer. And then if that's not God's will, that it will be such that they can treat it and there will be no complications. I want you to put that aside now and let's pray for God's presence in our house this morning. I know I say it all the time, but if he's here, we need to be here with him. 
And if he's not here, we can shut the doors and go home. And then I'll give you one more prayer request. Pray for uh, Taylor and Haley. Beautiful wedding yesterday. Uh, and uh, pray for them as they begin their life together. I shared this in my Sunday school class, but I'm just going to share it uh, with the church as well. On the rehearsal uh, Friday night, uh, Taylor's pastor said something that I just absolutely love. I wrote it down now on the flyleaf of my Bible. Closing in prayer, he said, Lord, uh, you love us so much uh, that you take us exactly where we are. I've said that, and I say amen to that. He takes us a, a, just where we are, but then he closed by saying, but you love us too much to leave us there. I like that. Aren't you glad he found you where you are, but he didn't leave you there? Amen? James, take us to the throne room of grace this morning. Pray for us, buddy. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be here. Lord, we thank you for a day of the week that you set aside for us to come before you and to worship you. And Father, we know that we're here not because you need us, but because we need you. Father, we know that every day we receive food, clothing, shelter from your hand, and we never stop to thank you. So Father, we thank you for these daily blessings and mercies that we take for granted. Father, we thank you for your son and how we don't thank you enough for him. Father, we thank you for the spirit that you've given to us that guarantees that one day you will come back to claim your own. Father, we thank you for uh, the weather outside. Lord, we know that you do all things well and, and uh, everything has a purpose. Father, uh, today we merely ask that you would be here as we worship you. Father, we pray that you would help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we pray for the singing that it would uplift our hearts and our minds to think on your son and you and the blessings that you've given us. Father, most importantly, uh, we pray for the preaching of the word. Father, may our hearts and our minds be attentive. And Father, may we leave here being doers of the word and not hearers only. And Father, if someone here has not bowed that knee to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, we do pray that today you would draw them to yourself and that today would be their day of, of new birth and of surrender and of serving their Lord. Father, we love you and it's through your son we pray. Amen. Amen. You could be seated this morning. I absolutely love this song, love to hear this quartet sing it. I hope it blesses your heart. You listen now as uh, they sing uh, one of Kyla's most classic songs, He Will Hide Me.
Amen. No other name given among men whereby we must be saved but the name Jesus. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Got a few announcements I want to give to you. First of all, I want to, uh, I wanted to do this last week but was unable to do so because we had so much difficulty getting back. I want to say thank you to the church. Uh, for your kindness uh, expressed to Lydia and to Nick on their shower a couple of weeks ago. That was just overwhelming, your generosity, and we're so grateful for that. Uh, and I want to commend Brother Ken for the outstanding job he did last Sunday. Uh, he found out about it about seven hours before he had to preach, uh, and he did a fantastic job. We got to tune in just a little bit on the live stream there at the Chicago airport, and uh, what an outstanding job. Appreciate you all that were able to be out last Sunday. I put this out on social media and then also shared it on Wednesday night but I know some of you don't know about it and whenever you see a miracle happen in front of your eyes I think it does you good to brag on it just a little bit about what the Lord was doing but on we were scheduled to fly back on Friday last week uh, but of course Hurricane Florence had other plans so our flight was uh, canceled coming out on Friday on Saturday we left the Portland uh, hotel uh, at four o'clock in the morning for a 6 a.m. flight uh, and got on board that one just fine. We were headed towards Chicago, and about an hour up in the air, uh, a gentleman two rows in front of us slumped over, uh, had a heart attack, and from all accounts passed away. Uh, because they were not able to get a pulse. Of course, folks were kind of panicking, as you can understand. Uh, by the providence of God, uh, there was a doctor on board, and, uh, and his wife and daughter, both of whom were nurses, were also on board. So they got him in the floor, got the AED device, uh, shocked him back a few times. He would pass. They would shock him back. They got his heart beating again, ministered CPR for over an hour. Uh, rotating back and forth on the floor of the airplane up there in first class. They were able to get him up there, uh, 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 drag him up there candidly to uh, have some space to do that. We, we got diverted to Billings, Montana. And so we landed on the ground there, and there was a medical team waiting for him. Uh, uh, we, got, we lifted off about four hours later, and the air pilot came on and said that uh, they had administered stents. He indeed had a massive heart attack uh, because of blockages. They put stents in, and he was going to make a full recovery. Uh, that's just a miracle of the Lord there. I have to, amen, you can give the Lord a hand praise for that. There was an awful lot of praying that was happening on that plane. Uh, and I'm so glad that even three or four miles up in the air, in fact, I, I tended to think we were a little bit closer to God. Three miles up in the air. But, of course, by the time we landed in Charlotte, uh, there were only a couple of flights going out that day because of Florence, and we had missed the last one, so we were diverted for an extra day. But, again, we got to listen last Sunday, and I appreciate so much everybody's uh, uh, kindness uh, to uh, participate last Sunday. Also, thank you, gentlemen, for coming yesterday to get the stage set up. I think that was the fastest we've ever done it. Uh, we about got it down to a science, Brother Sam. Uh, your, your instructions have helped us great, buddy. We about got it down to a science now, and I appreciate your willingness to help us out with that. A few other quick things, just a reminder uh, that we'll be having practice this afternoon, scenes 2 and 3, two, scene 2 at 3 o'clock, scene 3 at 3.30. We will also be having our regular evening service tonight at 6 o'clock. Keep that in mind. Uh, we've got a couple of new announcements here, and I want to bring this one to your attention because I'm going to need your help with this. Our church is a proud partner with Grace Network. Uh, we're honored to support that ministry. Glad to have a part. One of their large fundraisers every year is their pumpkin patch, uh, where you understand how a pumpkin patch works. And churches man that for one day. 
Our day this year is Monday, October the 22nd, and the hours are from 11 to 4. I need you to think and look at your calendar. I know some of you probably work and are unable to, but if you are not working, if you're retired or you have some time off, and all I need is two people for per hour. So, candidly, I need a maximum of 10, and that's if everybody only serves one hour. I've got a sign-up sheet out in that vestibule. We've got a sign-up sheet over here at our postal area. And so if you can help us with that, uh, all you have to do, I think, is collect money. Uh, and they've got a process by which all of that happens, which they'll explain to you. It's very, very easy, and it's a great way to give back and serve our community. So if you can help us on October the 22nd, uh, please sign up if you would. And then we are so delighted to have Sister Whitlow back with us after her long uh, recuperate from her surgery. Beautiful card. Thank you so much for the prayers. A beautiful flowers, cards, and phone calls. Bless you on your thoughtfulness. Continue to keep us in your prayers. And if you were here a few weeks ago, I told you that there was a grand result that Sister Lorene had from her surgery. Brother Doug Whitlow went to the grocery store and bought groceries for the first time by himself. Give me a thumbs up, Brother Doug. Amen. I love it, buddy. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then just before the kids head out, uh, uh, we always uh, recognize uh, our quarter has ended in August, and so we recognize that we have a point system in our Sunday school program. And very quickly, I want to recognize these folks uh, just before they head out to Sunday school. So first of all, uh, we have the M&M Sunday school class, and uh, that's our littlest class, Brother Mike and Miss Gloria Smith. I appreciate them so much. They have two winners, uh, both of which received $10. We have Miranda Holt and Jay Smartin. Come down, guys. Come get your money. Quick, quick, quick. There you go, buddy. You get to take me to lunch today. Congratulations. <laughs> Come on, Miranda. Where are you, baby girl? She's coming. I didn't see you, darling. Come on. Atta girl. You get to take me to dinner. No, she said, no, that's my money. Amen. <laughs> I love it. And our next uh, uh, Sunday school class, uh, we've got uh, new teachers now for this one, and I appreciate these folks uh, stepping in and helping out with this. Uh, this is God's peculiar people, Brother David and Miss Mary Margaret. Third place, $10. Uh, Josh Rohr, second place, $15. Jake Turner, first place, $25. Olivia Brown. Come on, guys and gals. There you go, Mr. Turner and Miss Olivia and Mr. Josh. Give them another round of applause. Good job, youngins. And our middle school group, uh, Sister Marcia and Miss Bethany, uh, this is third place, uh, $10, Amber Rohr, second place, $15, Cameron Gilbert, first place, $25, Peyton Horsley. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Peyton, Cameron, y'all got $25 today. Y'all don't have to pay for lunch anywhere. Amen. Amber Roar, good job. Uh, all right. And for our team, amen. Yep, give them a round of applause. And then for our teenagers, uh, we have a little bit of a different uh, 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 process. We give them money into their individual accounts that helps pay for conference, for camp, and other teen activities. Uh, and we give the top nine places here. There's a lot of churches that wish they could even have nine teenagers. So I appreciate uh, these folks' faithfulness. These three folks got $15. When I call your name, stand up, please. Evan Joyce, D. Shouter, Brooke Rourke. You all stand up. $15 added to their accounts. Good job. Second place, uh, $30 added to their accounts. Abigail Craig, Allison Kitzmiller, Noah Martin. Stand up, stand up, stand up. Noah, you need to sit down. That's an ugly Carolina shirt. Don't ever stand up in my church wearing that again, buddy. Sit down. 
Amen. In Jesus' name, forgive him for his many offenses. Amen. First place, $50 added to your account. Stand up, Bethany Craig, Amber Martin, Michaela Carroll. Stand up, Michaela. Stand up, Michaela. All right, good job. Thank you all so much. All the little ones, come make your way down if you're heading to Children's Church or Junior Church. If you're visiting with us, they're going to come around and collect any loose change you got. We, ha- we got to pay for the money we just gave out. So uh, any loose change you got, this is our penny march. They're going to come collect it from you today. Everybody heading to Children's Church, Junior Church, come on this morning. so much appreciate your generosity as always the lord bless you for that fellas make your way down to uh this morning if you would and evan you come get ready to sing for us as we give unto the lord his tithes and your offerings and again uh, we can't thank you enough for being so good in this capacity uh while they're coming i want to just put one thing on your radar i've been uh brother ken and i were chatting about this uh, earlier this week been in touch with brother greg lentz don't know any details yet 
but I'll keep this posted on your radar. Uh, uh, last year, I think it was last year, we went to Raynell last summer uh, when there was a devastating flood, uh, and, and we worked on a, the, uh, the parsonage in three or four, two years ago. Uh, the houses there uh, as part of some mission outreach. I've asked Brother Greg uh, to scour down through the New Bern and Wilmington area so that we can do something similar to help out a church in that capacity. Don't know any details yet. Uh, but uh, I know that there are churches that are going to need it. Uh, they still got to get some things taken care of before they can even start the process of rebuilding. Uh, and so he promised to keep that on our radar screen. I'll give you more information as it becomes available. I bring that to your attention because uh, in this fast-age news world in which we live, the news media is already off of the flood and onto something else. And now everybody else has got to deal with the aftermath. And so we want to do our little part. And again, as soon as we know more, we'll make you aware of it. Lord, bless the offering today. Bless Evan as he sings. Uh, may your presence be felt in all that we do. In Christ's name, amen. so often filled with heartache so many times we weep when loved ones pass but there's a place the gloom of death can't enter and someday it will be my home at last when he calls me to that land of no tomorrow where grief and tears are gone without a trace i'll lay down all my trouble cares and sorrows and i'll carry them no more when he carries me away I have cried a river in the darkness I have known the loss of precious dreams but soon there will be perfect joy and gladness all suffering will be gone from memory when he calls me to that land of no tomorrow where grief and tears are gone without a trace i'll lay down all my trouble cares and sorrows and I'll carry them no more when he carries me away. No more curse of sin, no more doubts within. I will say goodbye to all of them when he calls me to that land of no tomorrow where grief and tears are gone without a trace I'll lay down all my trouble
trouble, cares, and sorrows, and I'll carry them no more when He carries me away. I'll lay down all my trouble, cares, and sorrows, and I'll carry them no more when He Amen. Let's all stand together one more time. Very familiar song we like to sing around here. I'll fly away, page 333. We'll sing that first verse, chorus, have us a time of fellowship. Hymn number 333. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore.
Thank you so much, ladies. Everyone turn your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Mark, please. Chapter number four this morning, the Gospel of Mark, chapter four. While you're turning there, um, I'll give you one other quick announcement from the bulletin. If uh, you're not on our call system list and you'd like to receive updates, uh, there is a place on the far right-hand side of your bulletin just to put your phone number and if you want to use your cell phone, we text these out as well. There's times that our services are changing, uh, as happened last Sunday. And if you want to, of course, we put it out on social media. But if you want to get personal updates, you can include that. You can hand deliver that to me or just drop it in the offering plate at any time. And the ushers will make sure that I get that and we'll add that to our call system. Keep you updated. Mark chapter number four, please. We will begin reading in verse number 35. And we'll read down all the way through verse number 42. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Found your place? Say amen. Let's read together. The same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, the he there is Jesus, the them is the disciples, let us pass over unto the other side. When they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. There were also with him other little ships. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. They awake him and say unto him, Master, Carest thou not that we perish? He arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. There was a great calm. He said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? They feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and sea obey him? Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this reminder of the powerful presence of God in the storms of our life. Lord, I wish I could stand and say to the congregation this morning that if you just be faithful enough, you'll not endure any storms, but we know that that's just not biblical. Lord, we recognize that storms are part and parcel of the Christian life. Lord, as we'll share during the message this morning, those storms seem to come from every direction, Lord, sometimes they're just unrelenting in their strength. Lord, I'm glad that I know a God who's stronger than the wind. I know somebody who's stronger than the rain. I know somebody who hath the, uh, just the whisper of a word, peace, uh, can calm the storms of our lives. Yet sometimes I'm reminded, God, that you don't always calm the storm, uh, Sometimes you just calm the ship in the middle of the storm. Lord, I pray that you take the outline that 
I think you've laid on my heart today that use it to be a blessing to your people. And Lord, if there's anyone in here this morning that's not part of the family, I pray that you'd convict them, draw them to yourself so that they may come to know you before it's everlasting too late. We'll sure praise you in Jesus' sweet name. Amen. I have to share this to put a smile on your face. uh, I'm I'm to the point now where uh, my stories tend to be as much about me as anything else uh, because I can laugh at myself as good as anybody else can laugh at me. I was doing a presentation in Portland, uh, or rather uh, uh, Washington State. We flew out of Portland, but Washington State a couple of weeks ago. And I've always had this ritual for the last three or four years that when I leave the house or I leave work or whatever, I do this. This is to check that I have my keys. This is to check that I have my chapstick. This is to check that I have my wallet. And this is to check that I have my handkerchief. Well, I always wear a suit when I'm presenting. And now I'm to the point in my life where I have to have glasses. Can, I ha- can anybody bear my pain? Amen. I used to pick at my mother all the time and say, Mommy, your arm's getting shorter and shorter. And she would say, God has a sense of humor. You know what? He does. <laughs> and so uh, two weeks, a week and a half ago, I'm walking out of Lower Columbia College, uh, which is in uh, Washington State, and I do this. One of the, pres- one of the uh, participants said, Dr. Hodges, what's wrong? What's wrong? Are you having a heart attack? <laughs> I said, no, I can't find my glasses. She went, well, then you need to add this to your presentation. We'll just leave it there. Amen. <laughs> Amen. This text finds the Lord at the end of a very long day. When you go back and you read the totality of Mark chapter number 4, he has spent the better part of the day and certainly the last few hours in a boat preaching to the multitudes. Having started out on the shore preaching, the crowd got to be so large in size that he was forced to find his way into a ship back away, if you would, so that he could powerfully reach everyone. I don't need to tell you that that was an exhausting day for the Lord. And as the preaching time comes to an end, he turns to his disciples, as we've just read, tells them that he's going to the back of the boat to to rest. They were to go and take him to the other side for the next day's business. Physically worn out. Physically weary. And I like that the Lord gives us that, that Scripture reminds us of that, because it's a reminder that everything we face, our Lord has faced as well. I will tell you that I recognize that this passage is incredibly familiar to most of you who've been in church for any length of time. But to anybody who's been saved any length of time, there's a reason why this passage is so powerful. Whether you're looking at this account or you're looking at any of the other two accounts from Matthew and Luke, 
that talk about the same event uh, because the reality is very simple, church. It's not long in our Christian journey. Uh, it's not very many days in our Christian walk uh, that we're not finding ourselves in one storm or other. I get so frustrated, candidly, when I listen to some preachers who espouse this idea that if you're faithful enough, if you love God enough, that you'll never have any problems, you'll never have any storms. Uh, but that is just not biblical, church. In fact, I'm going to show you this morning that for the children of God, storms come in different magnitudes. They come in different powers. Uh, but the reality is uh, those storms can come in every different direction. Hear what I'm about to say. Uh, if you're a child of God, that storm is not here to destroy you. It is here to develop you into God's child. So I want to give you just a few thoughts this morning as I preach the message, Surviving the Storm. Surviving the storm. Can I remind you for just a moment that the majority of these disciples, in fact, several of them were fishermen. Going across or rowing across or traveling across the Sea of Galilee was not something to which they were unaccustomed. These were experienced sailors. You were not a fisherman without knowledge of the sea. And so these men would have had no trouble navigating a simple storm. But hear what I'm about to say. This storm on this day was anything but simple. I want you to note with me the realities of this storm. The realities of this storm. Verse 37 gives us a clue to the fact that this storm was absolutely unexpected. If you'll notice, verse 37 says, And there arose a great storm of wind. I'll pause a moment and tell you that storms are quite common on the Sea of Galilee. If you were to look at a topographical map of the Holy Land, biblical days, and even today, you will find that the Sea of Galilee is an extremely unusual body of water. It's pretty small, as far as that sea is concerned, only 13 miles long and 7 miles wide. Not very large at all. It's only 150 feet deep. But here's the incredible part. The shoreline is 680 feet below sea level. It is the only such sea in the world that is that far below sea level. If you were again to look at that topographical map, you would find that on both sides of the sea there are mountain ranges. So it would not be unusual for winds to sweep over the mountain, cascade down the surface, and combine these conditions with a thunderstorm such that sea storms will pop up on the Sea of Galilee with regularity. However, this one was unusual. This one was different. Rarely do these kind of storms happen at night. In fact, the kind of storms that are described here is usually an afternoon, heat of the day kind of storm. We tend to think of spring thunderstorms. It's been our, our, our late summer thunderstorms. It's 90 degrees and a, and a cold front is coming through. And oftentimes in situations like that, as that cold front approaches and comes across our Blue Ridge Mountains, thunderstorms will pop up and sometimes we bear the brunt of that in our little neck of the woods. But storms like this, they didn't occur at night. So listen to what I'm about to say, and please get this. 
The disciples did not start out in a storm. They were doing exactly what God told them to do. And they ended up in one of the worst storms of their lives. I need to say that again. They were doing exactly what God told them to do. And they ended up battling one of the worst storms of their lives. One of the things that frustrates me sometimes in church is that when people go through these incredible, terrible storms, sometimes God's people adopt the attitude, well, they must have done something that warranted it. They must deserve it. God help, folks, because there before the grace of God go you and me. What is somebody else's storm tomorrow or yesterday may well be your storm tomorrow. You see, folks, I want you to understand that this storm seemed to come out of absolutely nowhere. And it shouldn't surprise us when the storms of our lives happen this way, but that's exactly what happens. You go to work one day and everything's fine, and by the time the day's work is over, your world's turned upside down. You go to the doctor for what seems to be a checkup or seems to be a simple pain, and by the end of the doctor's visit, your world is turned upside down. One phone call changes the direction of your life. One report from your child, one report from your spouse, one word spoken, one incident, and your world gets turned upside down from seemingly nowhere. If you're smooth sailing today, praise the Lord, the storms are coming. If the wind's not blowing today, rest for a little while because I promise you there's a storm brewing on the horizon. The storm was unexpected. But get what I'm about to say next. Not only was it unexpected, it was absolutely unrelenting. I'll preface again by saying these disciples were accustomed to storms. These disciples were accustomed to winds blowing. This was not an unusual event for them. However, the magnitude of this storm, the unrelenting nature of this storm was unbelievable. In fact, uh, the boat, uh, in, 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 in Mark's account, uh, it simply says that the ship uh, was now full. Uh, that word great that's referenced a great storm uh, means exceeding loud, large, and mighty. Uh, and in Matthew's account of the same story, uh, he refers to it as a tempest, uh, which is a violent upheaval like an earthquake. This was not just a thunderstorm. Uh, this wasn't just a little bit of rain. Uh, this just wasn't a little bit of cloud thunder. Uh, this was an unrelenting storm uh, that was rocking this boat, uh, reeling these disciples, uh, so much so, in fact, uh, that when they go to wake up the Lord, uh, it's, Master, carest thou not that we perish? That word perish means die. They didn't wake him up to say, hey, Lord, it's raining. They didn't wake him up to say, hey, Lord, uh, did you hear the thunder? Uh, They woke him up to say, Lord, uh, we are about to die in the middle of this thing. Pause just a moment and give us a simple reminder, folks. Those are the kind of storms that knock us for a loop. We face the everyday challenges of the Christian life. We can call them storms. uh, We can call them problems. uh, We can call them situations. uh, But all of us face those everyday obstacles. uh, But what I'm referring to here uh, is a very simple reality uh, that these kind of storms absolutely turn our worlds upside down. Storms of suffering come. Storms of sorrow come. Let's be be candid for a moment. Storms of sin 
come. The storm was unrelenting. This storm was unexpected. And I want to say to you this morning, this storm was, in fact, unusual. Unusual. I cannot tell you for certainty where this storm came from, but I'm going to give you two possibilities. Because these are the only two possibilities. Number one, this storm could have come from the Lord. This storm could have come from the Lord with the idea of teaching these men to trust in Jesus. By doing so, turning them more into his character, uh, getting them to place their faith in him. Uh, that's a lesson that we all need from time to time. But hear me what I'm about to say. Satan could have also sent this storm uh, to destroy them uh, and to destroy the Lord. One of the interesting things to go read about and trace through Scripture uh, is this theme of how the enemy uh, tried to stop the Lord from getting to Calvary. Whether you take it all the way back to the Garden of Eden, uh, taking it back uh, to the dispersion of the nation of Israel, uh, the death of the two-year-olds after the birth of Christ, uh, the temptation of Christ in the wilderness, uh, the multiple times uh, that the enemy tried to stop the Lord in his tracks from getting to Calvary, uh, all the way up to the moment uh, or the hours before crucifixion uh, when he's sweating through sweat drops of blood. I submit to you this could have been satanic in nature uh, to try to stop the forward progress of our Savior. What does all of that matter, church? May I say to you this morning that our storms have various sources as well. The storms that we face come from all different means. Uh, the first one's not going to be real popular, but it is real important. Listen to what I'm about to say. I hope you'll amen me. Sometimes we cause our own storms. Amen. Sometimes our own actions. Sometimes uh, our own disobedience. Sometimes our own refusal to follow in the footsteps of God cause our own storms. You know this verse. Paul says to the church of Galatia, Be not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. The reality is, folks, there are times when we discover our storms are of our own making. But hear me. Sometimes God sends the storms. I know we don't like to hear that. But there are times when God sends the storms. When he does, it's for one of two reasons. One of the reasons uh, is very clear. Uh, when David uh, sinned with the great sin of Bathsheba, God sent a storm into David's life. Uh, and that storm uh, was a method by which David needed to repent of his sins. Uh, that is God showing David, uh, hey, uh, you got to change your course of action. Uh, there are times, uh, and some of you can testify in here, uh, I can testify it. Uh, when you're going a direction that is contrary to the will of God, uh, and God uh, puts a barrier in the form of a storm to let you know uh, we need to change course. May I pause a moment and say, as painful as those are, as difficult as they are to navigate, praise God for those kinds of storms when they get us back into the pathway that God wants us to trod. But then there are storms that God allows, not as a source of redirection. Listen, there are storms that God allows as a source of perfection. A source of perfection. No greater story of that than the book of Job. Job was the wealthiest man of his day in his region. Ten children, houses, land, fame, fortune. And in a moment, in a matter of moments, he lost it all. He lost it all. 
I'm astounded when I read the words of Job. Job went through some times of question. Job didn't understand why he was facing this. How many times have we thought the same way? Lord, I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm keeping my family in church. I'm trying to read my Bible. I'm trying to pray. And I don't understand why this is happening now. Job settled that argument like this. Naked I was when I came in the world. Naked I'll be when I go out. The Lord giveth. The Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, i got to tell you, that's easy preaching. It ain't easy living. That's easy for me to stand up and tell you that in the midst of those storms, praise God anyhow. But for those of us who've walked there, and you can see that at the end of the tunnel, there's a light. And it's not an oncoming train. It's the light of a having Father bringing you into His perfecting glory, if you will. Like Job At the end of that storm, we can come forth like gold. There are storms that are of all making. There are storms that that come from God. And then I hope you'll amen me on this one. A lot of us have walked this walk and battled this battle. There are without a doubt storms that come from Satan. Sometimes we create our own storms. Sometimes God allows the storm into our life. And then there are times where Satan is behind our storms. He will whip up a storm in our life to discourage us, to defeat us, to drive us away from the Lord. He will do everything in his power. He knows he can't listen. He knows he can't have your soul. So he wants to rob you of the joy of your salvation. Always seeking to destroy God's children. You hear what I'm about to say? He's powerful, but his power is limited by the sovereignty of an almighty God. You go back and you look at Job one more time. It was Satan who was stealing the family. It was Satan who was stealing the joy. It was Satan who was robbing Job of his health. But listen what I'm about to say. In every single instance, he had to get permission from an almighty God. In fact, uh, it was God who set up the parameters. Uh, It was God who said, you can do this, uh, you can do that, uh, but you can't touch him there. Uh, You keep your hands off that. Uh, I don't know about you, but that excites me. Uh, That encourages me. Uh, It reminds me uh, that, yes, Satan is strong, uh, but thank God my God is stronger than any satanic storm. Man, realities of this storm. I want you to notice the realm Of this storm. Not only the realities of the storm. But the realm of the storm. I'm going to make two simple statements this morning. And I hope you'll amen both of them. Number one, this storm was in their face. This was not a storm that they could see brewing in the distance. Years ago, gosh, 30 years ago. My family, my mother and dad and I were driving across country to go see my mother's sister in Colorado. So we're driving through Kansas at one point. And Kansas is flat, flat country. Flat country. This is one of those times where you can drive for miles and miles and miles and miles, and on either direction, you don't see a thing. This was during the midsummer months. I don't remember exactly what month it was. I just remember it was hot. Why do you remember it was hot? Because we were driving my mother's LTD Lincoln Continental, and one hour into the trip, the air conditioning goes out. 
Whoop, God's good. And we stopped in Kansas City because of construction and sat there for two and a half hours with no air. And the temperature on the little digital gauge that my mother was so proud of that she had said 105. God is so good. So as we're driving through Kansas, in the middle of the day, a thundercloud begins to materialize on one side. And then Mama says, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, that's the way she said it, Jimmy. The thundercloud began to materialize off on the right. And before you noticed, because we were standing still for part of the trip, because the car wasn't moving, we could begin to see these clouds rotate. Kansas, the clouds are rotating. And being a good woman that my mother was, she looked at my dad and said, Jimmy, you got to do something. And being the father that my my daddy is, he said, Shirley, what in the name of our Lord above do you want me to do? And she said, well, if we stay here, we might die. And he said, if I drive, we might die. Thankfully, the storms remained off in the distance. Listen now, they were scary but they weren't in our face. We weren't in the middle of it. We could see it happening. Listen, we could see it happening over yonder to somebody else. It's altogether different when the over yonder is right here. It's altogether different when the somebody else is me and mine. Will you hear what I'm about to say? This storm was in their face. The wind was in their face. The rain was in their face. The waves were in the boat. So much so that not only were they worried about the thunder, the boat is sinking. It is right smack dab in their face. They can't go any direction. They're shaken to the core. They are broken and wounded. Why do you say all that, preacher? Because sometimes, listen, church. Sometimes the storms that we as Christians face, they leave us broken. They leave us hurting. They leave us wounded. Would you, would you please listen? That's not the time to criticize and judge. That's the time to love. The storm was in their face. But more importantly, the storm was also in their The storm was in their faith. What do you mean, preacher? When they went to wake up Jesus, they didn't say, Lord, you got any ideas? They didn't say, Lord, did you hear the thunder? They didn't say, Lord, did you feel the rain? They said, Lord, carest thou not that we perish? Lord, we're about to die. If you don't do something, we're going to die on this storm. Jesus wakes up, walks to the front of the boat. God, I get goosebumps every time I talk about this. Walks to the front of the boat, stretches out the hands that created the universe to begin with, and simply says, peace, be still. Peace. Be still. Another one of the reasons why I think this storm may have been satanic in nature. 
may have been an attempt to destroy the Lord, to kill the Lord, because the disciples thought they were going to die. The word here that is translated peace is the same word that in Mark's previous accounts uh, dealing with a, the man possessed with demons uh, is translated there, uh, 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 be, uh, be muzzled, translated there to come out. So it literally means to be muzzled, to shut up, to shut down. So in one point, the same word, the Lord looked at the boy that was possessed with the demons and said to the demons, shut up, you've got no hold no more. And he says the same thing to the storm. Pipe down. I'm in charge. So much so that these disciples looked around. Think, church, just put yourselves there. One instant, uh, the storms are raging, the clouds uh, are booming, there's lightning, there's thunder, there's rain, there's wind. Uh, you're about to die, the ship's full of water, and over. Done. And the disciples turned around and almost afraid said, What kind of man is this? What kind of man is this? Here's the thing. He wasn't a man. <laughs> he was the God-man. See, they, 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 these disciples, if you study this, you understand, they didn't quite know who they was dealing with. They didn't have it all figured out yet. They wouldn't have it figured out until after the resurrection. They didn't quite understand that this was the promised Messiah. This was the Son of God. This was the one who spoke this universe into existence. And so when he said, peace be still, the winds and waves had no choice whatsoever but to pipe down. storm was in their faith. Number one this morning. I said to you the realities of the storm, the realm of the storm. Finally, I want to give you a little Gregology. The reasons for this storm. The reasons for this storm. Again, it's my personal opinion, this was an attempt by the enemy to destroy our Lord. To remove the faith of these disciples. In our own lives, there are storms of correction. We've talked about it. Storms of perfection. Storms of instruction. And I think that this was a storm of instruction. Why? Because these disciples learned about the character of God. They learned about the nature of God. This would not be the only storm that these disciples faced. This was the first one. You fast forward a few chapters recorded in this book and also in the book of Luke, you will find that they faced another storm about 18 months later. Another storm... The Lord had already preached and taught and done miracles. In fact, he just fed the multitude with the five loaves of bread and two fishes. In fact, uh, I think if it had been a Baptist multitude, it had been five loaves of bread and two pieces of fried chicken, but nonetheless, it was two fishes. And he turns to the disciples and said, get in the boat, go to the other side, I'm going to the mountain to pray. And a very eerie incident happened. Eerily similar to this one. Once again, the storms are raised. Once again, the winds begin to blow. The, the, the rain begins to pour. But here's the difference. Jesus is not on the boat. You go back and read it. Here's the big difference. Jesus is not on the boat. And in the disciples' mind, he calmed the storm the last time because we went to the back of the ship to get him. What are we going to do this time? What they didn't know. Is while they're down there in the Sea of Galilee, 
Lord's up here in the mountaintop praying, but he's keeping one eye peeled on the storm. He's keeping one eye peeled on that little boat. And just as they think they're about to perish, here comes Jesus walking on the water. They didn't know what they were seeing. They said, oh my gosh, in the middle of the storm, there's a ghost. And Peter said, I don't think that's a ghost. And so much so that Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, bid me come out there on the water where you are. Peter gets so much flack. Twelve disciples, only one stepped out. Let me say that again. I hear so many preachers talk about Peter sank and, and Peter took his eyes off the Lord. Peter this and Peter. There was twelve disciples on that boat and there was only one with the faith to get out of the boat. Yet Peter began to sink. Why? Because the storm kept raging. Hear me. Why did Peter sink? Because he took his eyes off the Savior and put him on the storm. Human nature. How, how often in the midst of our storm do we keep our eyes on the storm instead of the Savior of the storm? Here's what I want you to understand, church. For that moment when Peter's walking to the Lord... The storm's still raging. The ship is calm. One of my favorite songs ever sung. Sometimes he calms the storm. Sometimes he just calms the ship in the storm. Sometimes he calms the ship in the storm. When all was said and done. When the winds begin to die. Rain was over. The disciples stood back and said, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and waves obey his will. Can I tell you what kind of man he is? He's your Savior. It's your God. That's my God. And we always have to consider both of these storms. Why? Because I cannot promise you that every time you speak his name, he'll stop the wind. Sometimes he does. Man, I've been in storms uh, of my life, uh, situations uh, where I said, Lord, uh, uh, I don't know what to do. I can't fix this. Uh, I don't know how to take a step forward. you got to do something. And there are times uh, when he miraculously dissipates the storm in ways that don't make sense to my frail mind. But then there are many, many other times where the wind's still blowing and the thunder's still clapping and the rain is still pouring Sometimes he calms the storm. Sometimes he calms the ship in the storm. Stand to your feet with us this morning. I'm going to bow your heads with me this morning, if you would. Two very, very quick questions. Very quick. Number one, simple show of hands. Pastor Greg, myself or my family, we're facing one of these storms. Pray for us. Pray for us. Appreciate your honesty. Before I ask the second, would you step out right now? Come on, if you raised your hand, come on right now. Come on, come on, come on. If you raised your hand, come on right now. 
Sister Debbie, come on. Miss Debbie, I want you to come right up here to this lantern. And in fact, Renee, if you would, just quit playing for me. I want you to come over here and pray with Debbie. And I want any of these ladies, Miss Lisa, all of you, I want you to just come over here and pray with Sister Debbie. As she goes tomorrow. Brother Rick, that song you were playing before church, that Kyla, I'm a soldier. Put that on, buddy, if you would, if you can find it. Here's my second question. Here's my second question. Heads bowed now. You're not, you're not facing a storm. You need to be saved. You're honest and you say, Pastor Greg, I've, I've never been saved. I don't, I, don't, I don't know the Lord. I don't know Him. Pray for me this morning. Anyone like that? Anyone like that? Nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. I'm just going to lead us in prayer this morning. Father in heaven, I thank you that you are the God of the storm. Lord, sometimes you calm the ship. Sometimes you calm the storm. Sometimes you calm the winds and waters around us while the storm still rages. Lord, I pray your blessings upon us while we navigate the storm. So many hands went up this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd bless each one. Lord, I pause just a moment and ask you to bless Sister Debbie, the family for the services today, Sister Teresa, her family for the services tomorrow. And Lord, I pray that as Debbie goes tomorrow to get the results of that cancer, Lord, that even the doctors would be astounded by the miracle that happens so that they, like these disciples, would just stand back and say, what manner of God do you serve? Lord, I pray that you bless her. In Christ's name. You just pray, folks. My battle cry is I am so blessed. Don't worry when I'm wounded. I'll get back to the fighting for my uniform. God's the Lord, and I'm thankful for how God's put this together, a powerful union, we love, we love what the Lord's doing, if you, uh, uh, again, saved and baptized, we'll do this officially, make a quick motion, all in favor, if you'll say aye, 
I want you to come around and shake hands with these precious folks. Keep it playing, Brother Rick. Father, thank you, Lord, for the day, for your blessings upon us. Bless the services this afternoon for the Clark family. Lord, I pray for Sister Teresa and her family. Lord, that you bless their services and visitation tomorrow. Bless us in all of our activities today and tonight at the church. In Christ's name, amen. Come around and shake hands with Brother Dean. Hug Whitney.